You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. I'm going to start with the message and it's going to begin speaking this morning from God's word. As you know, last week I was talking about the fish of faith and about how we sometimes face legitimate restrictions on our lives, legitimate demands, and how those demands, God is there for us to meet those needs. He's there to meet those demands. He knows what we face. Your Father in heaven knows what you need even before you ask is what God's word says. I want to look a little bit at a different angle of this today, however, and that is this. If you look at your Bible and you read your Bible regularly, if you've been familiar with the Bible for any reason of the time, you'll find that there are two themes, and the, amongst the many, many themes, I'm not saying they're the only themes, but these are two very significant themes in the Bible as you look at the Scriptures, as you look at the Old Testament, you look at the New Testament. And these two themes are ones of perseverance or deliverance. So if you look at your Bible and you read the Old Testament, you see that the overarching theme of the Old Testament is the theme of deliverance. God freeing his people from captivity. God restoring his people. God restoring the fortunes of his people by delivering them from the things that were upon them and the things that were oppressing them and the things that were against them. It's the overarching theme. When you go into the New Testament, it is also there, but the stronger theme in the New Testament is actually perseverance. When you read the stories in the scriptures, when you read the instructions right through all of the letters in the book of Revelation, perseverance is the key, if you will, theme for the believers in the New Testament. Yes, there is deliverance, but there's also perseverance, and it works both ways. Of course, the deliverance of the Old Testament was just a type and a shadow of the deliverance in the New Testament that we have in Jesus Christ. As the result of what he did on the cross, that is our ultimate deliverance. The deliverance from death itself has been brought as a result of what Jesus Christ did. I love what it says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, how God delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into his kingdom of light. We have all, if we know Jesus Christ, can know the deliverance of God at work in our lives. But I want to talk about your everyday life. Which of these two themes is the dominant theme in your life? Do you feel that you have to persevere more than you feel deliverance? Have you been delivered more than you've experienced perseverance? You see, the word deliverance is a powerful word. It says things to us about being, getting rid of the things that burden us and that weigh us down and that captivate us. The time, the idea of perseverance, well, it's not so, it's not so sexy, you know, you, you know what I mean? It's not so beautiful a word, it's not such a cool word, it's kind of one of those ones we'd rather do without, we'd much prefer the second one. The last 12 months of our lives, brothers and sisters, have been filled with the idea of perseverance. We've been told to persevere in the last 12 months. We've been told to stick with it. If you listen to the public health messaging, if you listen to the government messaging, if you even listen to the social message out there, you message such as hold firm, stick with it. Another one was stay the course was another term that was used. We will get through this was another one that was regularly coming up in themes. And we were listening to these themes that, you know, another one was this too will pass and this storm is passing and all of these terms were being used and we were basically being told to persevere and to just stick with the course. And you know, when we look at perseverance, I want to define it just very, very briefly because 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move around just a little bit, so I'm sure you can bear with me. I'm sure you're intelligent enough to bear with me for a few minutes. I want to define for a second what perseverance is. Perseverance, to define it, persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. That's what it means to persevere. It means to be persistent in doing something despite the difficulty or the delay in achieving success. Sometimes we just have to stick with things. Sometimes we just have to keep going with things. Whether it's our studies, or our social life, or our love life, whatever it is, our spiritual life, we just have to stick with things. But I want also to define what deliverance means. I like this one, deliverance. It's the act of delivering someone or something, the state of being delivered, especially liberation or rescue. And I think that is the liberation that we stand on the verge of today. I want to look at somebody who experienced that liberation today. I want to look at a passage from Luke's Gospel and chapter 13, 10 to 17. If you're familiar with the New Testament at all, you'll be familiar with the story of this miracle that Jesus performed on somebody. He gave deliverance to somebody who had persevered and who had struggled. And maybe that's your situation today. Maybe you've been persevering for a long time. Maybe it's the situation that you've been going through so much and you're just waiting on God's deliverance. Well, maybe today is a prophetic breath for you. Maybe it's your situation that's about to change. Before I read this, I want to make one very important point. While deliverance is the big theme of the Old Testament, we read it, of course, most especially in the book of Exodus and the delivery of the Israelites, they had to wait for 500 years before the day of deliverance came. They had to wait for 500 years. You take it in the case of the Israelites being released from Babylonian captivity. They had to wait 70 years for that day to come. They had to persevere for 70 years. The Israelites had to persevere for 50, or for, for, for 500 years. If you take the case of the story of Joseph in the book of, in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament, the first book, you read his story, it was 15 years before he was elevated, sorry, 13 years before he was elevated to the role of being second in power to Nero, or to, to Pharaoh. And if you want to read the story of David, it was 15 years that he struggled before he was appointed king. So these people had to persevere before they were delivered. In actual fact, I'd say this, deliverance doesn't mean anything unless it involves perseverance. It doesn't have a meaning. It doesn't have a meaning unless it involves perseverance. We'll read God's word. May God bless us as we read it this morning, and may it come to life in our hearts and souls in Jesus' name. Amen. On the Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. This woman has gone through a period of physical restriction and her degradation for 18 years. She didn't wake up one morning bent over, but this was a process through which she went. She began to cram up. She began to tighten up. Now we discover afterwards that this was actually a spiritual process. Beware, brothers and sisters, we always put physical explanations on things. We'll see a little bit more about that. So here's this woman. Jesus goes to the synagogue, and for 18 years, she's been doubled over. She can't straighten up at all, that's it. So this woman was going around continually bent over. And yet, where do we find her after 18 years? In the synagogue. That's when we see the woman. So she's obviously persisted in her faith, continued and kept going right up to this day when Jesus shows up at this synagogue. 
And do you think there was an accident that Jesus showed up at that synagogue in that day? I don't think there was an accident. All part of God's plan will continue on. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. He calls her forward in front of everyone, doubled over, and says to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her. And immediately she straightened up and praised God. Hallelujah! 18 years she's waiting like this. 18 years she's in this condition. And then in an instant, her day of deliverance arrives. After 18 years, I don't know, I can't do the maths in 365 times 18, but it's a long time. It's a long time to see this sudden deliverance in her life. But of course, as ever, moving around with Jesus, there were the skeptics. This woman straightens up and she begins to praise God in front of everyone. It was clear, it was obvious. She was bent over and then she's up and she's praising God. And the synagogue can see it and Jesus' skeptics and his critics can see it. And his supporters can see it and everyone can see it. And what's the response of the critics? Oh, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. The synagogue leader said to the people, with his own eyes he saw it. There are six days for walk. So come and be healed on those days. Not on the Sabbath. No, I don't think he was important, but I could have been mistaken. But anyway, this is what he said. He said, all of these, he, he stands up, he sees this miracle, he sees these events, and he says, come here. Come back another day if you want to be healed. What an attitude. May God prevent that we should ever grow or ever foster an attitude like this, may we always rejoice when we see God's work at work in even the lives of others. Will anyone out there say amen? Amen. Let's be glad and rejoice with others. Then the Lord answered him. Oh, Jesus answers. You hypocrites, he said. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your donkey or your ox from the stall and lead it out and give it water? They knew the rules. You were allowed to take care of something, take care of your animals on a Sunday. They had eyes for their animals, but they didn't have eyes for people. You know, there's a lot of people around like that now. They've got eyes for rules, but they don't have eyes for people. They have eyes for restrictions, but they don't have eyes for people's needs. Jesus saw them, and he called them hypocrites. After they had seen the miracle, all they had was criticism. You go in your time, and he goes on to say this. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, a Jew, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. They were happy to untie their animals and walk them to the water, but they were not happy when Jesus untied this woman from what Satan had kept her bound in. She had persevered all of these years, laboring under the influence of a satanic attack on her life until she met Jesus. And any satanic attack or any demonic attack that comes into contact with Jesus is defeated. Get it into your hearts. Get it into your souls, brothers and sisters. We are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We do not have to stand under his attacks. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the blood shed at the cross, we are delivered and we are set free from his attacks. And he comes along and Jesus says, I have unbound this woman. Her day of deliverance 
had come. Her day when this bending over disease ended. And imagine the years that she went through. Year after year, showing up at the synagogue, faithfully doing, faithfully carrying this illegitimate burden on her back. It was an illegitimate burden on her back. Brothers and sisters, beware that we're not loaded down with illegitimate burdens. Amen. Illegitimate burdens, burdens that people will load upon your back, whether they're social burdens, psychological burdens, or dare I say spiritual burdens, don't let people put illegitimate burdens on your back. I love what it goes on to say. When he said this, all of his opponents were humiliated. All of Jesus' opponents were humiliated. They would all be humiliated. But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were delighted with all the things that he was doing. His opponents who opened up their big mouth and revealed their hearts under the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It showed exactly where they were at. It showed exactly what they valued when they opened their mouth and they spoke. And he silenced his opponents. He put them to silence. And he says all the people were delighted at the wonderful things he was doing. Now maybe you look into your life and you get, Lord, I'm, way, I'm, I'm carrying this burden for years. I'm having to persevere with this difficulty, with a, with a financial issue, with a mental issue, with a, an emotional issue, a relation issue. Lord, I'm carrying these things for many years. And sometimes when we go into situations, we don't know what is the Lord's pure will in that. Is it deliverance or is it perseverance? What does God want us to do in certain situations? No, I'm not going to be too prescriptive because life is not like that and you can't be too prescriptive because in truth, you will need to discern when it is that God wants you to persevere in a situation and when it is God is going to deliver. And sometimes we're delivered by our own actions, by the way. We need discernment. And the most important thing we need is an outside voice. We need a voice from the outside to tell us because we're not objective about our own situations largely. Nobody is that psychopathic that they're entirely objective about their own situations. We're not. We need an outside voice, an outside influence that will help us discern. Most importantly, we need the voice of God. The voice of God is spoken in his word through the voice of friends, through the voice of Christian believers. Deliverance of perseverance. There's the, there's the question. James said, blessed is he who perseveres under trial. I mean, yeah, it's a blessing to persevere when you're in the middle of a trial. It's a blessing. But then at the same time, Acts 10, 28, 10, 10, 38 tells us that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. There was times when great deliverance happened. In actual fact, delivered is the term that they use in one of the older translations. He delivered all who were under the power of the devil. If it is obvious and satanic and demonic, it is God's will that you be delivered. Full stop, that's it. There's no argument about it. You don't persevere under satanic attack. You are delivered from satanic attack. That's just one minor caveat. The perseverance of deliverance here is one right from Paul's life. Paul, he says, a messenger of Satan was given me to keep me from becoming too proud. And three times I prayed, and it became a thorn in my side. And three times I prayed, I said, Lord, will you take this messenger from me? Take this thorn from my side. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul, you're just going to have to stick it out. You're going to have to depend on my grace because God's purpose was in what Paul was going through. Paul was being worked on, if you will. And yet Paul was able to say in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1, he said, He has delivered us. 
He will deliver us and He will continue to deliver us. It's there in 2 Corinthians 1, chapters 10 to 11. So Paul experienced the deliverance of God, but he also experienced a time of perseverance. A time of perseverance always goes before a time of deliverance. Paul didn't give up. God delivered them. When they were in trouble and trial, and you read the list, you read it yourself in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The things that they went through, unbelievable. But yet God delivered them time and time and time again. I guarantee you that if we were to take a straw poll now, every single Christian, I know, every one of you out there who tune into this will know both the experience of perseverance and the experience of deliverance. If your life is only perseverance, you're missing out on something Specific, you're missing out on something profound that God may have for your life. If your life is only deliverance, you may not be experiencing the growing effects that God wants. If you're frustrated all the time, all the time, expecting only deliverance, there's something missing there as well because God needs to grow character in you. But you didn't tune in to find out what character being grown in you, did you? The bottom line is this this twin track. Of perseverance and deliverance, which is there all the way through the Old Testament, starts in Genesis, walks all the way through to the, to, the, to the book of Revelation at the end of the New Testament, is a twin track. They come together. One doesn't walk without the other. In fact, if you read the Bible properly, it is perseverance until we are delivered. It is perseverance until we are delivered. And that's the most important point I want to get across to you. That it is perseverance until we are delivered. Your deliverance is coming. Would anyone say amen? amen? From the illegitimate burdens that are landing upon your shoulder, from the struggles and the strife and the war and the trouble and the pain that you've gone through, your deliverance is assured in Jesus' name. And maybe it is at hand. I want to go back to the Old Testament of Isaiah just for a second. In Isaiah, Isaiah is just the best, one of the best books in the Old Testament. I love it. And he's, he's talking to the nation of Israel. He's talking to both the northern kingdom and the kingdom and the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, doesn't matter which way, what way you want to put it. He's talking to them and they're in trouble because their enemies are surrounding them. Do you ever feel like your enemies are surrounding you? Have you ever felt like everything just seems to be going wrong? Have you ever felt like, oh, everything is right in my life except this one thing where the enemy has a foothold in my life? Isaiah was talking literally to people who were surrounded by their enemies. And the Lord spoke to Isaiah and said, I want the pe my people to know that I know about their troubles. And I know that they may try and take matters into their own hands. I mean, how common is that in, in life and in society that people, even Christians, should take matters into their own hands instead of looking to the Lord. This is what Isaiah spoke to the Israelites with the voice of God. This is the voice of God to them. And it's the voice of God to you today. If you're looking to the Lord, if you're in trouble, in whatever way or whatever area, this is what he would say to you. The Lord must wait for you to come to him. What a limitation God puts on his own sovereignty. He must wait for you to come to him. Then he goes on to say, so he can show you his love and compassion. Listen, for the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who wait for his help. How long will we have to wait? I don't know. But I know this, you're blessed if you're waiting for his help. Maybe the help you're waiting on is right at hand now. Are you asking for his 
Here he goes on to say this. Remember the trouble that they were in? Their enemies, massive armies, empires, were literally coming to the gates of their cities. And this is what the Lord said to them. He will be gracious to you if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your praise. And that's what I want to say to you as well this morning. Very importantly, you need to bring your situations to the Lord. Bring them sincerely. Bring them strongly. Bring them perseveringly. Bring them with strength and with passion. Bring them to the Lord. Ask for his help. I know I cross-referenced it last week, but it's like, hello, ask for God's help. Do you know so often we live as practical atheists, we go about our business, we go about our work lives and our relationship lives, and we go about all the things that we have to do, and we don't ask God for his help. He delights, he delights to give help to his people. Ask for his help, brothers and sisters. Amen. And that's what God wants to say to you today. That how's about taking some time later today to examine where you're at and ask God to help you with the situation that you're involved in. Now I know that this is basic, but I'd say this to you. So often in our lives, we just get taken up with the busyness of life and the, the problems that can assail us, and we can forget about the help from heaven that awaits us. But I want to take it to one last point as we move towards a close in the message this morning. And here's something that I think is really important. And this is where I started off with this message today. Today, I believe, today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day of deliverance. Now, how would I know that? First of all, I'm praying. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me to say to his people that today is a day of deliverance for you. This is a season, may not this specific 24-hour period, but this is the time of deliverance. And how do I know that? There's a principle that runs through the Bible. Then the prophets in the Old Testament do it. But Paul articulates it best when he's talking about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And he says this. He said, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that came the spiritual. He's talking about the physical resurrection of the body. But the principle of the spiritual coming after the natural. In other words, first in the natural and then in the spiritual. And why is this such an important principle? When if you read any of the Old Testament prophets, they will always use what I would call the lexicon of regular everyday life so that we can understand spiritual things. Take the armor of God, for instance, which Tom referenced last week when he was sharing before the message. Think about the armor of God. And how, how, what is it about the armor of God? Well, the thing about the armor of God is this. It is a physical illustration of a spiritual reality. Well, we are in a period of physical change, and I believe it also indicates a period of spiritual change. Amen. We have entered a period of physical ending of restrictions. We're reaching the end of the perseverance period. Now is coming the day of deliverance. Mm. Can you see it? Can you sense it? What's happening in the physical is also happening in the spiritual. That this is a time of change for us as a church, for us as a people of God, for us as a kingdom people living in society. Can we open our eyes and see that there is opportunity in this change and that God can move in your life, in my life, in our lives and through the church 
to advance the kingdom of God. As the physical begins to change, as the restrictions begin to end, so also the spiritual restrictions begin to end. As the burden of demands begins to ease, so also the spiritual burden begins to ease. And God is at work. A promise of deliverance is what Isaiah would go on to make to the people of God. Will you open your ears, brothers and sisters? Open your ears that you might hear what God would say to you today from the prophet Isaiah and through my mouth. The nations fighting against Jerusalem will vanish. Hallelujah. Imagine that, and I want to say this to somebody who's specifically involved in an argument at work. You've been in a fight at work, a situation at work has been very, very difficult for you, but I believe the Lord wants to say to you very clearly that that situation is going to vanish. In actual fact, he says it twice for emphasis. He says, those who are attacking our walls will vanish like a vision in the night. Those things that you have been fighting against, those people, because this is specifically talking about people, will vanish. This change that is coming in the physical will also come in the spiritual for you. It will be an ending of restriction for you. What you have fought against will vanish. Mm -hmm. Because one morning these lights woke up and looked out the window and their enemies were gone more than another time, perhaps. He goes on to say this. I praise the Lord for it. Soon, and it will not be very long. I love that. What a great term. Soon, and it will not be very long. The forests of Lebanon will become a fertile field. And the fertile field will yield bountiful Crops, bountiful crops. Have you been persevering and sowing into the kingdom of God, maybe even financially or with your energy or with your time or with your strength? Have you been persevering under the burden of maybe debt, persevering under the burden of bills that you can't pay? The Lord would say to you this morning, the fertile field is about to yield bountiful crops in your life. The deliverance from that burden and from that restriction is coming to you in Jesus' wonderful name. He says, soon, and it will not be very long. Let's lift up our heads and expect God to move in our situations and in our realities. I feel it in my soul. There is a time of change that is coming spiritually as well as physically. He goes on to say this, in that day, the deaf will hear words read from a book and the blind will see through the gloom and the darkness is cross-referencing to Matthew chapter 12, doesn't matter. In that day, physical healing. Physical healing. A time of physical healing in your life or for those that you love. Maybe by God's grace, an outbreak of physical healing in Grace Church in the next few weeks. Would anyone say amen? amen. Why not? Why could we not experience the, the, the move of God physically? And I know some of you have been praying for healing. I know because I know people are like, I know I prayed this way. You know, the Lord is saying, a time of healing is coming at last to God's people. Soon, and it will not very long. What happened in the physical, with the restrictions and the warnings and the dangers, as they lift, so also the spiritual will lift. So also the spiritual will bring liberty. As restrictions are eased, the physical restrictions will be eased in the spiritual. And we know a new move of God in life in salvation and in healing by God's grace. Let me finish with this. The humble will be fish filled with fresh joy from the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So many people have struggled 
mentally, with, 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 with trouble, they've been stressed and they've been anxious and they've been burdened so heavily for what feels like a lifetime. It's only been a year, but what feels like a lifetime. And for some, even before that, the times are a change. And brothers and sisters, as you pick up my guitar and start singing, the times they are changing because the humble will be fish filled with fresh joy. Do you need fresh joy from the Lord today? Do you need a renewal of your strength? Well, tune in. Get on God's wavelength. There is fresh joy coming for you. And I'll finish with this. The last one, scoffer will be gone. The arrogant will disappear. And I like this one. And those who plot evil will be killed. Mm. And that's a heavy thought. But you know something? Whether it's physically or spiritually, those who plot evil against you will be stopped in their tracks. I declare it. I pronounce it. I prophesy it over your life. Today is a day of deliverance for you. Have you been up against it? They will be stopped in their tracks. Have you had enemies who have humiliated you? They will be humiliated in Jesus' mighty name. Have you had situations that have robbed your joy? Your joy will be restored. Have you cried out for healing? Cry out, God is on the move. As you see things in the physical, so also they are happening in the spiritual. He knows ears to hear. Let him hear, as Jesus would say. Glory to God. When the psalmist finishes in my last verse for today, I'm reading Psalm 124. A psalm of a As the people of Israel went back up to Jerusalem, they would go up there several times a year, up to the temple. Just like by God's grace, we will all return to the temple next week and in the weeks that follow. We return and assemble again with God's people. And they sang and they said, if the Lord had not been our side, we would have been swept away. But instead, 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 their teeth have been broken. Instead, the snare is broken and we have escaped. Instead, the Lord hasn't allowed us to be overcome. The Lord hasn't let them overcome us or destroy us because he was on our side. Are you alive today? Are you well today? Are you strong today? Give thanks because of the Lord and not been on our side. Who knows where we would be? We may have been swept away before the enemies. And this is the very last verse, the last verse for today. And the last verse of this psalm say this, we escaped like a bird from the hunter's trap. Yes. What was hunting you? We have escaped because of God's hand upon us. We have escaped because God was on the move. We escaped because the day of deliverance had come. Hallelujah. Yes. The trap is broken. We're free. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. That's, who is, that's where our help comes from. The one who made all this the one who made the heavens and the earth, the stars, calls the moon by name, who made the planets, the solar system, the galaxies, and the universe. He's on your side. Glory He's to God. the one who is your help. Today, brothers and sisters, I prophesy to you. I declare to you, by God's word and by the reality of God's work, today is a day of deliverance. It is loosed today in Jesus' mighty, yes. mighty Name. I'd just like to pray, if I could pray, just as we finish up today, I just want to pray very, very briefly. You know me, I'm not going to go on for long, but I'll pray briefly. Lord Jesus Christ, for those who are struggling, Lord, those who need joy, who have struggled, Lord, fresh joy from the Lord is theirs today, we declare Jesus. in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. To those who battled and waged under the burden of physical illness 
and sickness. Lord, we declare that as a result of the work of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, healing is there for them in Jesus' name. For those who are battling against physical enemies, emotional, psychological enemies, the Lord would say to you that your enemies are going to vanish like Holy a dream Spirit. in the night. They'll vanish like a dream in the night. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your grace poured out upon our lives, Lord, that those who have pursued us and those who are after us to destroy us will have their teeth broken. The snare is broken and we are set free in Jesus' mighty, holy, gracious name of God's people say Amen and Amen. Sisters, be assured. The day of deliverance is decreed for you. Your day of deliverance is decreed. It is decreed for you. And it is a day that will come with sudden and unexpected joy. It will be a day of victory and not a day of defeat. Because God has said it will Jesus. be so. We declare that in Jesus' mighty name. Brothers and sisters, let's have faith. I'm so looking forward to seeing you all face to face next Sunday morning. For those of you that can come, I understand not everyone can. But for those of you that come, we're looking forward so much to seeing you all face to face next week. And seeing God at work among us again. God bless and keep you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, comrade. Praise God. Isn't that great? Great to have a word that's alive. You know what I mean? You can so much get a bit of philosophy I mean, and, you know, good stuff about line after line from the Bible. And we need that. But, oh, how we need the Amen. Spirit and the breath of God Amen. to bring the Word of God alive into your everyday and my everyday. So that on Monday morning, we know the word that was preached is alive and well in us. If you come here next Sunday, be prepared for the prophetic because we are bursting Amen. with the prophetic gifts. Be prepared for the Holy Spirit to move upon you. Be prepared for the power of God to really come upon you as we gather together next week. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you may remember, I'm going back to the more basic stuff, but the final part of the Great Grace Quiz, probably forever, mm. um, because the Irish government have said what they open, they won't close. So we're opening next Sunday, and uh, apparently they won't close us again. So we believe this is really the end. But here was our question for the Great Grace Quiz, and the question was what type of building in Cork is known as the Wilton Hilton. Now this has been around since, I think, 1980, something like that. And as I said, the clue is in the name of the suburb. Wilton is a suburb in Cork here. There isn't a hotel in Wilton. I don't really know of some big historic house, maybe there is. But what most people in Cork know is that in Wilton there is a building because we said was it A, B or C, hospital, hotel or house. But of course the main, the biggest hospital for the province of Munster is in Wilton, Cork University Hospital in Wilton. And back in 1980, because they put so much money into it, people used the Hilton term, which is a hotel, they felt it was like a hotel. So it became known as the Wilton Hilton, which most of you got. 
No problem for those who didn't get it. It's just a bit of fun. That's all. But the winner, according to our secret judge, has been taken from Instagram. Hi everyone on Instagram. And it is a young man called Garrod Dwyer Harrington. Woo! Cohardicus Garrod. Congratulations, Garrod. You are about to get onto your phone, or maybe your man dad's phone, I don't know. But you're going to get a 20 euro voucher to spend as you will. Imagine that. To spend as you will. With dad or mum's approval, I'm sure. Garrod, you're about 15, I think, so you're, uh, you're, you're really growing up. Anyway, well done, Garrod. God bless you. Hope you enjoy your gifts. Thank you to everyone who participated. It means a lot. And thank you to everyone who just came online week after week. I know that for most people, watching the phone is a bit... Uh, difficult to do. What are you doing? I'm coming over because it's... Oh, it's my turn, my dear! This is the one coming to the last goodbye. I want to say goodbye. That's all. You know, and it is. This is the last online only. You will connect in with us, obviously, online if you can't make it in. But we want to say thank you to everyone, yes, don't we? absolutely. Because there's been, what, seven months? Actually, even more. I'd say we're probably nearly 12 months where people only had online only, or 10 months. Yes. That's hard. You're watching a screen. You can't really interact. Mm -hmm. You don't hear the worship. And, oh, it's difficult. But you know what? You persevere. Mm -hmm. When you stand before the great judgment mm -hmm. seat of Christ, which we all absolutely. will, the Lord will remember, Amen. you did not forsake him Amen. or his people. Amen. A lot of people have. They've gone off into glorious wilderness. That's their call. But you've been faithful. And remember what the scripture says. Do not forget or forsake mm. assembling together. Mm. It's so important. So thank you. Yes, yes. From the bottom of our hearts for enduring a scream-only experience. Praise God for it, yeah. but I never want to go back to it. never you? want to go back to it. And again, I want to echo what Tom said. Thank you so much. Your kind comments and support and encouragement. You know, sometimes it can be hard. We're just here talking to phones and cameras, and it, it's, it's just very, very strange. But your continuous encouragement and support, both on the Sunday and during the week, your messages and emails and WhatsApp messages and Facebook messages and comments have been so, so encouraging, and we deeply, deeply appreciate it. And we hope that we have been of some service, as I, I said. I hope we have been of some service. If the biggest self-control issue in my life will be next Sunday, not falling on top and hugging you and kissing you. But we're not allowed to for a little while yet. Well, that's a relief, because the biggest self-control <laughs> issue that Thomas had in his life up to now has been put no. Me, so that's a relief to hear. There's a change in self-control issues, which is good. It's probably good. You need to hear it. It has been a blessing to be with this man. It's been a congregation of two, hasn't it? Absolutely, for many months. But it's been a blessing to be with my beloved comrade and friend and brother Michael. But I really will look forward to a few more. We didn't enjoy it at all. We didn't enjoy it at all. No, well, we 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 just. You know, whatever the situation, we're, we're going to be have a bit of joy and, and get on with it. Anyway, for those overseas, I hope you can continue to watch in every Sunday at half eleven. Remember, you can book in any time from now on on Eventbrite, Grace Church Corp, for 10 or 12. If you've got kids going to kids' church, you just click 
the kids take it, it's really simple. It is for free. We don't charge anything. Uh, we'd love to see you. So we're well, going to we'd love to charge you. <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to see you. <laughs> we're going to uh, move on now, and this is probably the final bit of recorded music you'll have to watch for worship, because we have eight. That's eight worship bands ready to hit the stage. They're bursting in it, aren't they? Absolutely. So eager to go. We're so looking forward to actually being able to be with other people. And I'm sure you're probably filling up a bit of our faces on the road. So there's going to be a mix next week. Hallelujah. And we've got visiting pastors from around the country going to be visiting us yeah. throughout the summer <laughs> and autumn as well. We're really going to go at this full on. Anyway, praise God. So our final offering today, as we end, we're just going to pray before we go. Uh, we've got this great rejoicing song called God's Great Dance Floor. What's the name of the Chris Tomlin and Passion. Chris Tomlin and Passion. But you know, will you join me with a prayer? We're going to pray, we spoke about this, that we would never again have to go to online only. Online is always going to be a choice. Hallelujah for it. But online only, we pray that nothing would close the doors here again. Amen. Would you join with us in that prayer? Amen. Yeah? Amen. Lord, we pray that that door down in 53 McCurtain Street here would never have to close Amen. again. Amen. And that for the future, we would as a community, a family, be able to gather here week in, week out. Amen. Pray. Amen. Lord, we pray that you would bless the families as they return in here next Sunday. We ask the Lord that no weapon that's fashioned against them would stand, Lord. We pray against any opposition, anything that would prevent the reopening and the deliverance of your people. Amen. Next Sunday morning and in the coming weeks, we ask for your blessing upon our gatherings. Drench us with your Holy Spirit, Holy Lord. Lord. And Hallelujah. Lord, we pray that the armies that we've seen in the last 12 months of restrictions and shutdowns and lockdowns, we will never see again in Jesus' mighty name. And until we gather again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance and give us his peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.